This is part two of the December 12th, 2019 podcast, edition number 74, in which our politics panel gives a brief synopsis of the year in politics at all three levels of government, with a focus on municipal politics here in Peterborough. Now, it is, uh, we have 15 minutes left. Do we want to say anything about 2019 as it boogies out the door uh and anything memorable that's going Goodbye. to stay with us <laughs> goodbye goodbye yeah I municipally think... provincially federally the floor is yours well provincially we've had a government that basically didn't sit or do anything right the penalty box um municipally i think uh it's been it's been interesting that not a lot was really done mm-hmm. and uh and then federally, nothing happened because there was an election. So really, <laughs> nothing's happened. Right. In in my front of things, uh, as as I'm sure a lot of people are aware, Curve Lake First Nation is floating a uh, national class action lawsuit against the federal government, mm-hmm. and we're we're quite quite certain that we would be successful in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of support coast to coast to coast, and uh, it'll be interesting times for Curve Lake. Uh, as we start to, I, I would say, not not flex our muscle, but become more involved in the process of governments, municipally, provincially, federally, and mm-hmm. and really establish, I think, Indigenous sovereignty as a, a main issue uh, across mm-hmm. Canada. And I think it's important to do. Sylvia? Now, municipally, I think it's been a, a disappointing year. Mm. And Why so? Well, because, among other things, as Sean said, not a lot has happened, and I think many members of council are feeling that not a lot has happened. We've got three more years to make something happen. But I think the most critical issue, and I guess the column is in today, is the whole issue of the boundaries between ourselves and Cavan Monaghan, which has not been dealt with. I gather the Boundary Committee has had one meeting in which it uh, was very brief. The mayor did have coffee with uh, Scott McFadden, the mayor of Cavan Monaghan, the other day. But we cannot keep ignoring this issue. Right. We, we, you know, we 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 are losing jobs. We are losing uh, eco- well, we're losing uh, employment, among other things. Right. And I do not. I'm having a great deal of difficulty understanding why one of the most critical issues on the agenda, I have my theories, which I won't enunciate here, but why the, one of the most critical issues of the on the agenda has virtually been ignored by this council and its leadership. Now, I, voices in certain establishments have mumbled into my ear late at night that they feel that one thing, one dynamic that's playing itself out in uh, at City Hall, and I won't quote sources, is that council, this council is... Uh, running into resistance from senior staff. And well, no, just a minute. <laughs> okay, the whistle has been blown. No, the whistle has been blown, and they and they can't push it back on senior staff. It's council that makes the decision, and okay. it, and 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 it's up to them to tell senior staff. You know, this is the direction we want to take. Senior staff may say, "Listen, we don't agree with you, but it's your decision to make." And one of the things I'm worried about is one of the things, Mr. McFadden. If I was Scott McFadden, I would want to see cross border servicing, and I'm worried we're going to fall for that because that is a costly. Uh, mm-hmm. adventure for any municipality. 
And uh, the boy, that that uh, that agreement better be pretty if it if it happens finally drawn. Lord. So just back on the the boundary committee and the work there. Um, how how long has this been an issue facing the city? Of <laughs> well, Denver? it was almost it was almost solved. Sure, but how long has it been? It's been an issue for a long time. Okay, twenty years or so. No, but but there was there was with all due sure. respect. Sure. There there was a solution to the issue as some people thought it was too costly. As et cetera, Councillor Pappas moved a motion, and it all fell apart. There also was, I think, a rather informal agreement before the last election or solution to the problem that didn't involve um, between the two mayors, at that point Mayor Bennett and Mayor McFadden, that didn't, uh, because McFadden had said no, no, no to annexation, which is the best answer for the city, I think, Mm -hmm. but uh, they were talking about a form of amalgamation with just with the township. But well, they, nobody has sat down during the, you would think right away they would sit down and pick up on that. And that perhaps was a priority of the previous council under the previous leadership. And what I, my point here is just to say if this has been an issue for 20 years or quite some time to expect a new council with new leadership to act on it within the first yeah. year, I just think expectations okay. there might be very high for something that frankly was not much of a conversation during the election. Well, I yeah, yeah. Councillors sure, discussing that. Well, that was not an issue at well, the forefront. That was coming in the election. It wasn't getting pushed. And, and you know, I'm not saying that uh, they should take all the rest of the time because I think it is a pressing issue, but just that uh, to expect a new council to act within a year and solve a problem that's been a problem no, for some you, time you is the raising council, expectations very high. You think the new council might at least start looking at it, which does not appear to, until last week, have happened. But again, not an issue that rose to, like, what did we talk about in the municipal election? We talked about affordable housing, we <laughs> talked about yeah. poverty, we talked about yes. environment, we talked about a whole bunch of issues that weren't necessarily And, you, and, we, talked and we talked about jobs. And we talked about jobs. We talked about affordable housing, to which, the for which this is part of the answer. That's not a direct line. That's okay. not a direct line for a lot of folks to make that connection between jobs well, and... Well, it, sh- it should be a direct line for some councillors and the it, mayor. And I actually have to I, I agree, actually, with both of you a bit. It wasn't an election, but but Sylvia's absolutely right. If this government, Ladies and gentlemen, this municipal Tim government, Tim Etherington is sitting between the warring parties here, so he's no. But, if this, very, but, but Sylvia's is very correct in, in one issue here: is that if this municipal government is looking for a signature issue to solve, yes. a, it is a fundamental problem. It's been a problem for a long time. It's gotten very close. There were issues of the last council as well. Mayor Bennett's family owned a lot of the land that was going to be annexed, so that was part of the you know the problem that went on in the Bennett administration. So. But if that could happen, I'd like to say one thing uh, that happened very recently at council, which I'm still scratching my head over, is because I thought we elected a different council. We had a developer who behaved very badly in the public in, in the public sphere, Dave McGee, mm-hmm. bullied council and demanded that he get to develop it. And then when council said they need a week to do it, he started demolishing the building. Council caved. And I have to admit, you know, as, as as someone who was a great supporter of this council, there are a lot of people out here who thought this council would behave differently and wouldn't allow a developer okay. to run roughshod over the will of, of, of City Hall um, because City Hall has been in the pocket of developers for almost 10 years. And so I yes. thought this was going to be different. Just, just, uh, but, and, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but a plague on both your houses, in fact, because I, this is the second time within a couple of years that at the last minute... The city has decided to to designate a heritage building. It seems to me that the city should be proactive. Take a look at your list of heritage buildings and a serious look and go out now with those buildings that you really feel on that list 
are essential to be uh, designated a heritage building and do it now. Why leave this to the last minute? Hmm. Say it's the second time in, I think, two years we face, and the developer, whoever he or she may be, has been caught in a way at the last minute saying, oh, just we've given you a demolition permit. But uh, we're going to designate the building heritage. Was the pig's ear the last one? The pig's ear in the moral building. Yeah. I just want to, to Tim, your your point about electing a different council. The vote came down 5-5, and there was a councillor who was absent, mm-hmm. not because they wanted to be, uh, but they had to be. And it's, I think, come out on Twitter that they were um, somewhere else at the time and had no choice and were not able to be there. And had that councillor been there, the vote would have gone the other way. So to say that you thought you elected mm-hmm. a different council, actually, the numbers don't bear that out. Yeah. Uh, it would have... The mayor vote, the mayor vote was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the 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 yeah. other thing there was and the mayor's vote was, but but the the uh, there's one councillor, councillor Wright, who had voted in favor of the, the building in the previous his vote. If his vote had been consistent, mm-hmm. it, it would have been designated a heritage building, and he had his reasons not to, I guess. And here's the issue with heritage development. You, you're right, Sylvia. Let's remember when Dave McGee brought the property, he said he was gonna he was gonna turn it into condos and everything. This is the oldest developer trick in the book. You buy an older property. And you say you're going to do one thing with it, and then you you, you don't do it. I, I my hometown is London, Ontario. Half of the downtown of London, Ontario, was destroyed for the very same premise. They had a friendly council at the time, the mayor mm-hmm. Gosnell back in the 80s and everything. They tore down a whole a whole block of Victorian buildings and put up a parking lot for 20 years. Right. And it was based on the same thing. We we're going to buy it. We we're going to yeah. renovate it. Oh, when we got it, you know what? It's just cheaper to tear it down. I know he got right. the permit. Right. Yeah. He got the permit to extend his the, the limited demolition he was going to do. When city council found out about it, they pushed back. But and I think city, that's what city council should do. Yeah. The city, the city, and this this does go to staff in a way. And I, I'm always reluctant to, to criticize. But the city should be out there proactively now, so you're not. No, this doesn't happen again. Absolutely. Right. I 100% agree with Sylvia. Heritage designation can't be a tool to impede development. The administ well. Hear me out, Tim. Yeah, because I have to respond to that. It's not because, but but what we're talking about is the need for proactive protection mm-hmm. of that which we consider historical or heritage. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done beforehand, so that developers can come in and not bully their way through a council. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to do the work to be able to play mm-hmm. in the game, mm-hmm. and you got to know what you have. Right. And I think that's that's where they got caught. And I, th- I think, too, and I, I'm only guessing at this because you can never be sure, if, in fact, they had gone ahead and, and designated a heritage building and David, the two McGee brothers decided to take it to the successor of the OMVL Pat, they stood a very good chance of winning there. So I, that, I agree with sure. all that. You're right. You have to be right. proactive. Let's be clear, though. It's not we want development or don't want development. It's what kind of development. And that kind of false binary that anyone who wants to preserve heritage properties is anti-development is crazy. Go to any city. What is their signature tourist attraction? It's their heritage buildings. Um, I lived years ago across from the CD Candy Company at Trinity Bellwoods Park in Toronto. Uh, the only used to make those little rockets, right? The only things you get in the Halloween candy. And it was still working at the time when I lived yeah. there. It's been turned in. The Stinson Development Company turned it into the candy lofts. And it's a high-end development. Uh, anywhere you go, you see this. And we have to understand that development d- just doesn't mean raising buildings. Okay, we're, uh, we're uh, winding uh, down here. Sylvia, go ahead. Just very quickly, and it's, it's not related to this development, another one across uh, from City Hall to Y. And, uh, and, uh, the, uh, you know, the million dollars plus, million and if you add it all up, 
million and a few hundred thousand dollars that the city and legitimately, you know, by terms of the terms of reference has given that developer for this building. I think, and, and it's all, it's all kosher in a way. If we're going to do this, I think we have to go back and take a look and hopefully it will come out in our next official plan. If the city, this sort of funding should be based upon, among other things, a certain amount of affordable housing. Uh, oh. within the yes. development. And on the note of affordable housing, we must put the wrapping paper on 2019. Uh, we will be back in this topic. So thank you so much, Sean, Lauren, Tim, and Sylvia for, for joining us again. Uh, Sean, do we have a, a final 30-second update on the UK election? No, we don't. I didn't refresh. Uh, you didn't refresh. Okay. Anyway, the election results are rolling in, and uh, we will be back on uh, January 9th. So uh, until then, have a great holiday, and we'll see you when we get back. This is Bill Temple. This has been our last podcast of 2019. Uh, we post on Twitter at Bill Temp and on our Facebook page, Pints and Politics Podcast. We'll be back January 9th uh, when we'll be uh, doing a program on Trent Radio, which will be followed by this podcast on the international student experience in Peterborough. Any feedback, please comment on the podcast website. Or you can send me a note at bill.templeman at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until January, this is Bill Templeman.